0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hello and good evening. A couple of minutes after six o'clock, it's Clyde One Super Scoreboard with me, you and Cameron. And the legend is Hugh Keevans. Good evening, Hugh. Well, what a weekend we've had. Men's football, women's football. So, for the first time in 48 years of marriage, you and I watched a football match on the telly last night at Lady Keevans' insistence. She insisted that you watch the Women's World Cup match between England and Scotland. Correct. Did I that surprise I, you? I enjoyed it. Uh, I had to explain things to her as the game went along, mm-hmm. but... But there you are. And did she enjoy the experience? Yes. Do you think she'll want to watch the match against Japan on Friday? Well, she'll need to go and get the wee fellow off the school bus first, but uh, she, she can come back for the second half. It is Clyde One Super Scorer with me, you and Cameron and Hugh Keevans. We'd love to hear from you tonight. 0141 951 1025 is the number to call. And tonight there's quite a few things to talk about. At the Women's World Cup, as Hugh has alluded to, England beat Scotland thanks to VAR. Was it a penalty, yes or no, Hugh Keevans? Not for me, and I'm beginning to think that we might be fortunate in this country to be too poor to have VAR. <laughs> because how can you look at that again? over and over again and come to the conclusion it's a penalty injustice Stevie Clark Scotland played the night before our women and grabbed a last gas win over Cyprus Hugh Keemans did not get what he wanted for the game against Cyprus do our players care as much as our women I now believe that it's a players problem and that the players put on that dark blue jersey and it doesn't mean as much to them I didn't see any passion I didn't see any enthusiasm I didn't see any intensity so we got a win brilliant but we were lucky, Hugh. You said you wanted a good performance last Sunday. Yeah. Uh, sorry, last Monday. And you wanted a 3-0 victory. Yeah. We didn't get either. No, but we got a win. And uh, as I say, the mantra has to be do what you should do and then occasionally surprises by doing something that you weren't <laughs> expected to do. I don't believe they lack passion. I do believe that some lack ability for that particular level. But I think the reaction when uh, Ollie Burke scored what proved to be the winning goal would tell you that to a man, they are behind Stevie Clark, and Stevie Clark is certainly thrilled to be the Scotland manager. So I do not believe there was any lack of passion. Why did our players step off them by 10 yards? We weren't playing Belgium, we weren't playing France, we weren't playing England. There was yeah. no intensity, there was no pressure, there was no press. I thought Ryan Fraser was half the player he is at Bournemouth. James Forrest was nowhere near as good as he is at Celtic. John McGinn, player of the year at Aston Villa, didn't show it. I thought Andy Robertson was our best player on the night. There's something about the team and the players when they put on that dark blue jersey, for me, that says, look at Republic of Ireland, brilliant result away at Denmark. Northern Mm. Ireland, brilliant performance to win 2-1, win 1-0 down. Wales unlucky to lose to the World Cup finalists. I watched all those games and there was a passion and an enthusiasm that I don't think we have. No, I think you're harsh. The first half was poor. I also factor in uh, a lot of players on that park had had a very, very long season. Andrew Robertson included, James Forrest for sure, Callum McGregor uh, and John McGinn going all the way to the playoff final at Wembley. So it's not a lack of passion. We, we had players in the team who are perhaps not up to full international standard. But, but they're playing for decent clubs here. They gave it their all. They gave it their all. They had a poor first half but gave it their all. I mean, would you describe Northern Ireland, who did very well to win, but would you describe it as fantastic to be behind to Estonia for that length of time? You know, had they not got the second goal 
to win the match you, you wouldn't have described their performance in such glowing terms so I no. think you're harsh on our side Okay, um, also in the news at the weekend there, there's reports that Henrik Larsson could be back at Celtic to be part of the backroom staff. Now, Henrik Larsson is an absolute legend, one of the best players to play in Scotland. There's no doubt Uh about that. I can't believe for a second, Hugh, that Neil Lennon would sanction such a move. You don't want that shadow of Henrik Larsson over you when you are the manager of Celtic Football Club. You don't want Henrik Larsson behind you when you're in charge of a club like Celtic. You want to do it yourself and you don't have the pressure of someone ready to step into your shoes should the results not go your way. If Neil Lennon was still a Celtic player and uh, Henrik Larson was coming in to be playing in the same area of the side as Neil Lennon, then you'd be worried about that. However, Neil Lennon has won plenty as Celtic manager. He has taken Celtic to respectable places in the Champions League and... He doesn't need to think of Henrik Larsson as a managerial threat because Henrik, with the greatest respect, an iconic football player, for some people the best player ever to have worn Celtic's jersey, but Henrik has no coaching or managerial reputation. Apparently the call's been made and there's, a, there's, there's talks going on at Celtic to bring Henrik Larsson in to be part of the backroom staff. Is this... Celtic's way of appeasing the Celtic support who are not backing the appointment of Neil Lennon is this to keep them quiet and get them back on side well, because I, I I think it's a bit like Gordon Strachan with Roy Keane Gordon Strachan did not want Roy Keane anywhere near his team his dressing room that was forced upon him because Roy Keane was become the poster boy and was going to sell a few extra shirts Henry at the Larson superstore is talismanic for the Celtic supporters but do you need them in the backroom staff well, Neil Lennon must be consulted on these matters. Uh, I don't know what Henrik would specifically bring to the backroom staff. That's for Neil Lennon to know and to discuss. Would he have a say in it? Well, if he doesn't have a say in it, what's the point in being there? Uh, so Neil Lennon and Henrik Larson were part of the same Celtic team and I'm quite sure uh, that he would quite happily look round and see Henrik there. However... I don't think that he's there as a threat to Neil Lennon as the manager. I don't think that he would be considered as a replacement for Neil Lennon should things not work out as Celtic hope they will. Uh, But I think for the supporters, they're not going to be fooled into anything. They'll happily welcome back Henrik Larson because it would almost be a sin not to welcome him back given what he contributed to the club. But I don't think that they're saying to themselves, this will make up for the appointment of Neil Lennon Celtic are very good at the PR side of things Roy mm-hmm. Keane was a great appointment because it was good PR Strachan didn't need him uh-huh. Larson coming into Celtic Park is clearly a PR stunt to keep the Celtic fans happy because they're not happy with Le- Lennon but listen you, know, you can have your opinion on Neil Lennon or Henrik Larson for that matter but the Celtic supporters are only interested in one thing and that's who is out on the park And that's why they have to get this transfer window right. Transfer windows are problematic for Celtic. They have lost players they shouldn't have lost. They have brought in players who have bewildered supporters. Uh, So they have to get this transfer window right. That is more important than the appointment of someone who would be fairly well down the pecking order in terms of the management structure. Let's go to Stevie, who's in Bishop Briggs. Good evening, Stevie. 
Good evening, Ewan. How are you doing? I'm very good, my man. How are you? I'm very well. So what about this news of Henrik Larsson possibly being part of Neil Lennon's backroom staff? Do you need Henrik Larsson there? Makes no difference to me, Ewan. I'm being honest with you. Henrik Larsson was a great player when he was at Celtic, as you saying. Henrik Larsson's been... He showed what he can do. He's left. If Henrik Larsson comes back, big deal. So what? Neil Lennon's the manager. Neil Lennon is the manager. Know that I'm a happy man that Neil Lennon's the manager, but I'm quite happy to give Neil Lennon his chance and take us to win nine in a row. Stevie, Stevie, does Neil Lennon want Henrik Larsson? I can't believe for a second, as I've already said, there is no way on earth would Neil Lennon be sitting down with Peter Lawwell and Dermot Desmond discussing the future and the backroom staff that he would want Henrik Larsson there? Because that puts untold pressure on Neil Lennon. It's a bit like Stephen Gerrard being told, by the way, we're bringing in Graham Soonest to be your assistant. He wouldn't want that. Yeah, but the difference is... He wouldn't want his Hugh. Yeah, but listen, Graham Soonest had a managerial background. He had uh, managerial accomplishments. Henrik Larsson, in the eyes of Stevie and every other Celtic sporting man, woman and child, will always be enshrined in the club's history because of what he achieved in seven years at Celtic. However... He is not a managerial threat to Neil Lennon and the most important thing for Stevie, I am absolutely certain, is that Celtic sign the right calibre of players, plural, in this transfer window and strengthen a side that is so clearly running out of steam. Stevie? Well, I'm going to say something to Hugh and Hugh being an honest football man that's in the game for a long time will answer me honestly. Hugh, I'll say this to you. You know Celtic are going for nine in a row. That is the ultimate goal next season. Correct. They want nine in a row along with the 60,000 Celtic supporters. Yep. And my big concern, Hugh, is Neil Lennon get appointed as a manager. Now, what happens? What happens if halfway through this season they've no signed the players that they're supposed to sign and all of a sudden Neil Lennon is scrambling against your Rangers, possibly your Hearts and your Hibs, and he doesn't win the league? There's he, going to be an outcry with 60,000 fans. Uh, if he doesn't win the league, he'll get the sack. And they'll all be shipped out with him Damien Duff, John Kennedy the Hen- Henrik Larson. If, he, if he's there They'll go Because Stevie is Voicing the Correct opinion Of all Celtic supporters All that matters to them Is nine in a row And all that matters to the Rangers support Is that nine in a row Does not happen Stevie you've got a point on Scotland as well Before we move on Yeah one very quick point um, I watched the women's game Good luck to them Listen Like you Hugh I don't know how you felt when you watched it, but I was actually surprised. They can play some good football, can they not? Yeah, well, I, I wasn't entirely surprised. You know, I, I don't uh, dismiss the women's game. I just found it peculiar. I thought to myself, five years ago, would I be sitting here with my wife insisting that we get a football match on the telly? Uh, and it involves the ladies. And they, they had it like their male equals the day before. They started badly. The first half was poor. Lucky only to be 2-0 down Even though the penalty Never was a penalty Yeah uh, But they, they, they came back In a spirited fashion And uh, I wish them well Against Japan On Friday I was actually more interested In the Scotland Women's game Than I was In the game the night before I was more looking forward To the World Cup game Against England Than I was The match against Cyprus uh, Is that because It was England we were playing? It might have been part of it Hugh You see <laughs> You see, I, I have a. I was sat there watching with my half English, half Irish wife. Yeah. So um, I, I have two, two of my 
six grandchildren were born in London and talked like EastEnders. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, do that again. It was yeah. like you try to be an EastEnder. Talk like EastEnders, mate. Uh, and I have seen my grandson uh, in his England kit. So I, I don't go psychedelic when uh, you mention England. I, I don't care if, uh, you know... Oh, you wanted to send them Amy Think again. It, it, it doesn't, you did? No, I, I don't have this anti-English phobia. I'm not anti-English. I just love the rivalry. Like, I'm not anti-Rangers or anti-Celtic because I'm a Hearts fan. I do like to see them get beat, but I'm not anti-anybody. Well, uh, to answer your question, I thought that the, the men's game... Uh, was the more interesting uh, after a poor first half I thought we did well and the the way that uh, our fortunes ebbed and flowed were one up with a truly world class goal from our truly world class player yep. only to lose an abysmal equaliser involving our world class player <laughs> uh, and then to come back in the way that we did I thought it was very exciting and uh, for me the crowd was just over 30,000. For me, Stevie Clark put at least 10,000 people in that crowd. Because there's a belief. Yeah. With him in charge. Yeah. And uh, I really did enjoy it. And yes, I enjoyed the, the ladies' match and I wish them well against Japan. Uh, we'll get out of that group. We'll get into the knockout stages. We'll beat Japan and we'll beat um, Argentina. Well, I, I have no knowledge of Japanese women's football. So uh, I don't know how good or bad or indifferent they are. <laughs> well, on the Saturday night, we did play Cyprus and we got a much-needed win with that 2-1 victory at Hamden, thanks to all the Bark. But Steve Clark's happy with what he got from his men in his first game as national team manager. Here's what he had to say. Pleased for the players. I thought going into the game that we would be good enough to win the game. We certainly put ourselves in a position to win the game with a great strike from Andy Robertson. Uh, and from there, I felt we had really good control of the game. I couldn't see Cyprus scoring from open play. Unfortunately, we switched off on a on a set play and, and got severely punished for it. But after that, the character of the players to come back and the resilience it would have been easy for them to, to feel sorry for themselves, but they didn't. And I think that I think that bodes well for the future. It's difficult for me to be too critical of the players after I asked them to give us a win. They gave us three points. They couldn't do any more. It was a game that came with big pressure. We didn't speak about it much before the game, but we knew that if we didn't get maximum points, the group was almost beyond us. So I think we should credit the players and maybe not look too much at one or two little mistakes that we can improve on. It wasn't the best performance on Saturday night. We could all see that, but we got the victory that we wanted and needed. Next up for us, it is Belgium tomorrow night. Eden Hazard, Romelu Lukaku, Dries Mertens, you name it. Vincent Company, they're all there. Kevin yes. De Bruyne. And they haven't lost a home game no. for nine years. No. Nine years. Uh, so, as I say... Go on then, surprise us and get something. But if, if they get nothing, I would not be surprised in the slightest. The games that are going to matter is home and away against Russia. Absolutely. That's the games that will determine whether or not we can finish second in that group. You expect Belgium to go and win it quite comfortably. Yeah, and uh, Stevie Clark and his heart of hearts will know that as well. I know that he's talking a positive game today about going out to beat Belgium. Um, they would have to have an incredibly bad night. They would have to be rancid. <laughs> Uh, for us to, to beat uh, the number one ranked team in the world 
on their own ground yeah. where they haven't lost for nine years so um, we've, we've touched on Henrik Larsson possibly making a, his comeback to Celtic to be part of the Neil Lennon's backroom staff which I think might be forced upon Neil Lennon I can't believe for a second he'd sanction that himself personally it's also been rumoured today as well Hugh that Ryan Kent who had a great spell at Rangers last season has gone back to Liverpool uh-huh. could be coming back on loan Stephen Gerrard apparently confident it could happen there's also talk as well that Aston Villa want you by the Liverpool man for £10 million yeah. so it depends on where Liverpool see Ryan Kent do they see him as someone for the future and they'll just send him out on loan again or do they want to cash in on the boy this summer well even Liverpool even the Champions League holders have to balance the books uh, and they might feel that £10 million is too too good an offer to turn down um, Do you think he's a £10 million player based on what you watched? I, I'm watching headlines tonight about Harry Maguire being an £80 million <laughs> rated player yeah. and a, a race between Man City and Man United for him so if Harry Maguire is worth £80 million Ryan Kent's worth ten. Good player Yeah And, and if Rangers get him back then that would be a positive move for them if they can get him on loan when there is interest from other clubs who want to buy him outright your likes of your Aston Villas and your Leeds United of this world the the transfer window that we are now immersed in could determine who wins the league next season because if somebody gets it wrong or somebody gets it better than the other team uh, that could determine who wins the title so Ryan Kent coming back to Rangers would be a tremendous boost for Stephen Gerrard. Let's go to Craig, who's in Clyde Bank. Hello, Craig. Hi, you. Hi, you. Hi, yeah. I'm all right, mate. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Nice to speak to you again. Good to speak to you. Point for a Hugh. Um, just to let you know that the Japan's FIFA, uh, the women are the current champions, defending champions. Right. For and the World Cup. So. And they're currently drawing nil nil with Argentina. Oh, so Argentina. yeah. They finished so, second. No they finished second in 2015. Yeah, so our group for the last the ladies is a, I think it's a group of death. It's a tough group for them. So I hope they get out of it. Well, I, I think if we well. can get a draw against Japan and beat Argentina, that'll be enough because there's also four teams that finish third will also qualify for the knockout stages. So I think we're yeah. in a really good place. And if I understand it, Craig, you're also a Rangers man. That's right, yeah. Ryan Kent, how happy would you be if he was to sign up on loan next year with Rangers? Delighted. Yeah, he's that important. You know, he one season, voted Young Player of the Year, uh, and Rangers did not get to a cup final and finished nine points behind a stuttering Celtic. But Ryan Kent was one of the positives that they could take from the season, and for him to come back uh, would be the cause of rejoicing among the Rangers supporters. For him not to come back, uh, the Celtic supporters would be quietly pleased about that. Ryan, uh, sorry, Craig. Yeah. Do you think you'll win the league next year? A couple of key signings. Uh, we'll give it a right good go. All right, we can do it. I did see Jordan Jones the other night there for Northern Ireland. He's 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 pretty good on that left side. Uh-huh. He's he's quick. He's direct. He's pacey. And he turned the game for Northern Ireland. Yeah, against Estonia. But whether or not he can do that consistently in a Rangers jersey with fifty thousand fans on his back, then remains to be seen. But there's a and positive can we there. Turn the game? Yeah, what about a player? Some, sometimes it is easier to play against Rangers or Celtic than it is to play for them. Yeah, and 
That is what you have to find out about people like Jordan Jones, like Marion Shved at Celtic. Uh, you know, the, you have to find out whether the jersey is too heavy for them or whether it fits like a glove. Mm-hmm. Craig, nice talking to you. Have a great night. Thanks very much. Cheers, Cheers Craig. Thank you. 01419511025 is the number to go. Have your say on Scotland against Cyprus on VAR. That penalty that England got. Henrik Larson possibly coming back to work with Neil Lennon, the backroom staff at Celtic. And Ryan Kent coming back to Rangers on loan. So much to talk about. 01419511025 is the number to call. Don't go anywhere. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Just coming up to 6.30. Very good evening to you. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard with me, Ewan Cameron, and Hugh Keevens, the legend of the show. Uh, we're here until 7 o'clock. We're going to read out some uh, tweets from Tony. We need to find the same balance on the right for Scotland as we do the left. The Robertson-Fraser link-up with McGregor finalising the triangle is of the highest quality. From Bounty, Ewan wanted to tell Hugh that his London accent was rubbish. <laughs> Should I do it again? All right, mate. <laughs> And uh, David has tweeted to say, please sack Ewan Cameron. Would you agree with that one, uh, Hugh? Well, I'm not here to have people sacked. I'm here to get on. And uh, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Um, Let's hear from Stevie Clark again, because tomorrow night we play Belgium in another qualifier. What a huge game this is. And he insists he doesn't see tomorrow night's showdown with the side topping the world rankings as a free hit. I think it'll be a difficult game. We go there... We're still chasing points in the group. You know, we we left three points behind in Kazakhstan that that we have to try and recover. And the next four matches is Belgium away, Russia at home, uh, Belgium at home, Russia away. So from those games, we have to find some points. Tuesday night, then a, a challenge to relish rather than one to fear. I think the players will go to it with a lot of confidence. We we worked hard on the confidence, the positivity of the group or the squad. The late winner, although it was a little bit dramatic, you actually get a better feeling from a late winner like that. So the players come to the dressing room really lively and, and looking forward to the next game. So I think that's good. I love that he is so positive, yeah. even against the world's best team at the moment, uh, number one in the world rankings. And I suppose he's got to be confident, he's got to be positive, and he's not seeing this as a free hit, whereas I see it as a free hit. Just see what you can get from it. See what, see what you can get from the game itself and maybe get some positives from it, even in defeat. Yeah. I mean, as I say, go on, surprise us Do something that we didn't see coming uh, I don't think it will be tomorrow night I think it's too early in Steve Clark's reign uh, I don't think that we are yet blessed with The kind of squad that would allow you To go to a place like Brussels With outstanding confidence uh, But go ahead, surprise us Either tomorrow night Or when Belgium come here, for example uh, Or when Russia come here 01419511025 is the number to call. Bob has got in contact with the show. Ewan, it wouldn't be a disaster if Rangers don't get Kent back. Uh, we already have three left wingers and three right wingers Murphy, Jones, Middleton, Candeas, Hasty, Gresda. Don't need any more. Need a striker, though. Um, I, f- I forgot all about Murphy, Jamie Murphy. I mean, I'd yeah. be like a new signing for them, won't it? Yeah, uh, out so long with injury. Mm hmm. Um, But I I do think that if someone has played one season for you and is voted Young Player of the Year, he's clearly made an outstanding contribution. And I think that, for the most part, the Rangers supporters would be happier to see Ryan Kent back at Ibrooks than playing for uh, a side in England. 
Let's speak to Jake, who is in Stirling. Hello there, Jake. Hi there, how are we doing, guys? Not bad, Jake. What do you want to say tonight? I just want to talk about uh, the women's national team and how it's a great advert for girls' football in Scotland and in the UK in general. Go on, my friend, what's your point? I just I think that the coverage that it's finally getting is brilliant. And I've had a lot of pals that play football that are females and you know their, their game isn't as hyped up as much as it really should be. Because in my opinion, the men's national team is, is not worth watching in my, in my eyes. I just I really can't bring myself to watch it. I think it's boring football, but maybe under Steve Clark it might change. But women's football, we're in a World Cup. I don't think that's hyped up enough. We're in a World Cup. We're representing Scotland in a World Cup. I don't think that's... You know, I don't think that's hyped up enough. I, I was speaking to friends who are in France, and they've said to me, you wouldn't have a clue that there was a World Cup in the country. Yeah, but I think... If Jake's point is that the, the press in this country have not done enough to hype up the World Cup and Scotland's participation in it, then I think he's 100% wrong. There have been the television documentaries, there have been acres of coverage in the daily papers, Sunday papers. Uh, so to say that it's not been hyped up enough is simply not true. Uh, I, I think of the women's game in the comparison I... I come up with is that of club rugby in Scotland. I never thought I'd see the day in Glasgow where we'd have a team called the Glasgow Warriors whose attendances were such that they had to extend the ground, they had to build mm -hmm. the ground up and that's what's happening at Scotston. Uh, so the rise of the Glasgow Warriors and the, the club rugby is there for all to see. Could the women come up with a an equivalent? Well, time will tell but we can only deal with what we have here, which is this World Cup in France. And to say it's not been hyped up is unfair and untrue. Jake, I, I, to be honest with you, gobsmacked at the improvement we have made under Shelley Kerr because just two years ago, we played England in the European Championships and we got spanked 6-0. Yeah. In that two-year period since that game against the third-best team on the planet, we play them in the opening game of a World Cup and we lose 2-1. Shelley Kerr has done a remarkable job. And you know what? I do think we'll get out of the group. But just getting there in the first place is an amazing achievement, Jake. Definitely. It's an amazing achievement in itself. I, I do agree. I, it has been hyped up a bit, right? But I don't think it's been... Hyped up enough, enough really, because if that was a man's men's national team in the World Cup, you wouldn't hear, you wouldn't. It'd be all over the news. It'd be everywhere. And you, you, but but it, is, it, it is. It is all over the news. Are, are you are you talking about? We're not seeing Scotland flags on cars, and the pubs are jammed to the rafters. Are you talking about that kind of hype amongst the fans and the supporters and the yeah, countries? That, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean by that. Well, it's it, not the I, same. I understand that it's a bit. It's hard. Well, it's, it's different kind of outreach that men's football has compared to female football, but it is improving. But I still, I just can't get my head around how it's not being talked about so much. Well, you, you can't you can't order people to go and talk about it. You know, the the press are doing their best to to bring it to the forefront. With regard to Shelley Care, I read an interesting piece yesterday because you can find pieces on Shelley Care and this team everywhere you look. And uh, read a piece yesterday from the the author Val McDermott, 
who uh, was once on Wraith Rovers board and she said that she had put Shirley Kerr's name forward to be Wraith Rovers manager and had met with some male resistance. Now, I think it's inevitable that whether it's Shelley Kerr or someone else, somewhere down the line and in the not too distant future, a woman is going mm-hmm. to take charge of a men's football team. And we can have no problem with that because men feel and men feel spectacularly as managers. So if a woman comes in and fails, she gets the boot, the same as the males get the boot. Mm-hmm. And it's not to do with gender, it is to do with the fact that managers are only judged on one word repeated three times. Results, results, results. Jake, thanks so much for the call. You have a great night. Cheers, guys. You too. Cheers, Bye. Jake. Bye. Uh, George is in Rutherglen. Good evening, George. Hi, lads. How are you doing? I'm all right, George. How are you? I'm just getting off the train, to be honest with you. I thought I was going to cut after. Um, it's just about uh, Ryan Kent. Well, your thoughts on Ryan Kent? Do you need him? Uh, well, here we go, sir. I think a lot of Rangers fans are going to um, spit fairer here. Um, I don't see what all the fuss is about, to be honest with you. Um, I just... I don't think he's a be in the end all. I think that we should be looking at the defence and a creative midfielder player. You know what I mean? That position, I think actually Rangers on the wings are quite heavy-handed, to be honest with you. You've still got the boy Murphy to come back. Um, Ryan, just, Ryan Ken I was just, inconsistent, wasn't he? But when he did yeah, turn up, well, he was a good player. I, he turns up for the big games, right? That's fair enough. But the big games, if they go towards winning the league, but so do these wee games that you're playing Dundee and drawing 0-0 with. And at the time that somebody needs to come up with something special against Hibs and things like that, that's what wins you the league. For me, he's very, he, he turns inside a lot because he's always on the, on the wrong side. Teams suss that out in the second year. You always see it, you know what I mean? Now, he could come and be a revelation next year, but I'm not one to put all my my eggs in one basket and think, if we get Ryan Kent, we're going to win the league. Do you know what I mean? And I know he'd be saying that, but the way we're all going on about it, you know, and that English market's a disgrace. It's, it's going to ruin football. The prices are asking for people who are not getting first-team regular football. It's, it's, it's astronomical, you know, and it, eventually it's going, to, it's going to be the end of football. Well, uh, going well, like might you know the, what I mean? Maybe the end of football there. Won't be the end of football no. everywhere. But look at Dominic Solanke. No, but I know that. Look, just, just remember, Dominic Solanke in January went Aye. to Bournemouth for £19 million from Liverpool and he'd yeah. only played a handful Aye. of games for Liverpool. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, th- th- that's their problem and it's for them to deal with and no one suggested that Ryan Kent was the be-all and end-all but it is a squad game and would you rather have him in the squad or not? I think you would rather have him in it. Would you rather have him in it, George? Or are you quite happy with the wingers it's, you've got? It's just, it's just the way it's going on, you know, and I know you, but we, we, we're unlucky that we're the neighbours of England, okay? They probably get the worst, the worst, the worst, um, what's that, geographical, uh, whatever place in the whole of, whole of Europe because we keep on uh, comparing ourselves to the, to the English. It's, it's, yeah. it's like apples and oranges. For me, um, the market's astronomical um, and you're talking about a 14, 12, 13, 14 million player who who, had, who didn't even kick a ball before he came to Rangers. For me, I if we get him, brilliant, but it's not the important, most important signing for me. For me, it's another centre-half and it's another first-team player that can have a bit of craft. When you, when, number 10. when you say you need another centre-half, is that to replace Goldson or Katic or a back-up to those two? Oh, well, just as good. You know what I mean? Any great team, they've got players that can come in and be just as good. You know what I mean? That's You know, Celtic won the great last year. You know what I mean? But they have got players that sometimes can just do as good a job as the players before. I don't see the point of getting players who are not as good as, as the players that are already there. You know, I, I just... 
I think they're a bit quiet, you know, and a very compared to last year, you know what I mean. But for me, I, I just, I just don't get it. I, I, I honestly can't, and I'm a big Gerard fan. I just think a lot of Rangers fans are pinning themselves on Kent, and that's my opinion. Do you know what I mean? And that's the way I see it. But hey. if we don't get them, you know what I mean? We'll, we'll get somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Simple. Well, yeah, but uh, I'd yeah, very, very simple for me. Would you rather have them or not? And I think the majority of the Rangers supporters. I would rather have him. But I think what George is getting at, if that money could have been spent elsewhere on wages, on another player he thinks um, centre-half needs looking at. But I don't think there's any... Or a creative the, midfielder type person. I, there's no possibility of Rangers buying Ryan Kent. No. They, they, they simply don't have the money to indulge themselves in... But the wages, way. his wages might be pretty pretty big. Well, at the end of the day, Rangers have the task of stopping Celtic and money will have to be devoted to the job and if somebody is on a pretty ritzy wage then that's the way it is because uh, you know you, you can't get by cheapskating it George thanks so much for the call you have a great night cheers mate all the best cheers George all the best mate um, I don't want to drop you in it here but you told me a little story about Henrik Larson. we won't name names here yeah do you mind telling that wee story? Yeah, it was some years ago uh, when one of the managerial candidates for Celtic um, was told that if he did get the job, he would have to accept Henrik Larsson uh, as his managerial partner. Uh, so clearly there has been for some time uh, a notion, I will say no more than that, a notion that Henrik Larson coming back would be a good thing. As I say, I don't think that you can overestimate what's going on. I don't think he comes as any form of threat to Neil Lennon. Uh, if indeed he comes, I wonder on the night of the cup final when Peter Lawwell had his hastily arranged press conference at Hamden and said that Neil had been offered the job, uh, I wonder then if you might have thrown in the name of Henrik Larson on a voluntary basis. Uh, however, I don't know whether Henrik's coming or not. I'm just saying he doesn't come as a managerial threat to Neil Lennon. And they all, whoever starts at Celtic on the touchline on the 3rd of August, when the flag is unfurled and nine in a row becomes the target, if they don't get to nine in a row, they're all getting the sack. It's just gone 20 to 7. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard with me, Ewan Cameron and Hugh Keevans. We'd love to hear from you tonight. 01419511025 is a number to call. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. A team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Just gone quarter to seven. Good evening. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard with me, Ewan Cameron and Hugh Keevans for a Monday night. We're only here until seven o'clock, but we are considering stopping Ryan from coming into the studio and going extra time till 7.30. <laughs> the phones are busy. Should we just should just lock the door? <laughs> Put the couch up against that door there. Nobody's getting in. We're staying here till half seven. Uh, let's go to Sean, who's a Celtic fan. Good evening, Sean. Hi, Ewan. How's it going? Not bad, Sean. What do you want to say tonight? I just want to for him to say I totally agree with you. I don't like Celtic to win the league this season under Lennon. I said that last week. Yep, yep. I heard you and I couldn't get through and I've not much time but I've managed to get through the night and I think you're right. Why? I'm why not going to be, I'm not, I'm not going to be renewing my season ticket either. I mean, his firm is absolute crap. Well, uh, the the displays that Celtic put on under Neil Lennon from the time when he replaced Brendan Rodgers uh, were largely unsatisfactory, but did 
get the title one and did get the cup and the treble treble one. So, Sean, if you are not renewing your season ticket, there'll be plenty who'll take it off your hands. Do you... But Sean, here, here's my question, right? I mean, I, I personally think that Neil Lennon is putting his legacy on the line here and I think he may live to regret taking the Celtic job on. I do think that Rangers will win the league next season. I don't, I, I, I don't know why I think that. I've just got a feeling it will happen. And I think that Lennon is going to be under immense pressure because the, the appointment of Neil Lennon wasn't widely accepted by the Celtic support, which is why I think that Celtic might bring in Henrik Larsson to appease the support, even though Neil Lennon doesn't want or need. Can, can I just uh, approach the bench here and say, uh, you have just said that you don't think Celtic will win the league. You don't know why you think that. I just, now, you, you can't, you can't no, I, say Rangers will win the league. I don't know there's why. A fe- there's I a feeling. That, I just I had the same. See when Pedro Cachinho was signed up by Rangers, uh-huh. I said that summer he'll be gone by Christmas. It didn't feel right. Uh-huh. It, I don't know what it was. It just didn't feel right. And I was ultimately proved right. And I had a pop at Rangers for signing Cachinho. I laughed at Rangers under Cachinho on social media. And I've just got the feeling that. This is not the right time for Neil Lennon to come back to Celtic. Well, you know, that's my opinion, and, and Sean clearly shares that opinion as well. I think it's vitally important that Neil Lennon is backed by the Celtic but he's uh, hierarchy. Well, the hierarchy, well, yes, possibly, but bringing Larson well, would suggest no. Well, you know, this Henrik Larson thing for me is being overhyped because it's not as if Henrik is supposed to make the difference between the winning of the league and whatever else. Henrik doesn't have. A coaching or managerial reputation, uh, but, but Hugh, here's here's there's the issue that I have, and I think that Neil Lennon would have with it. As I said earlier, very similar to Gordon Strachan when he had Roy Keane forced upon him. He did not want Roy Keane, and it was written about in um, in Roy Keane's book. He kind of yeah. signed in spite of Gordon Strachan, yeah, right, right. and I think that Lennon is under a similar situation. They're pu- he's getting his strings pulled And they're saying You're getting Larson If you can get Larson You're getting him Roy Keane was signed uh, By his own admission At a time when his body Had just about given up on him Yeah And was honest enough To tell Celtic That rather than extend His stay at the club His body had given up on him And he, he stopped playing The most important thing here Is that Celtic signed The right calibre of players In this transfer window will leave Neil Lennon to argue his own case because he has been previously a successful Celtic manager. He did get eight in a row over the line and he did get the treble treble over the line. The most important thing is that the side clearly needs refurbishment and the Celtic hierarchy have to get in the players and not be exposed as being hesitant or... Negligent when it comes to spending the money uh, You know the, the Celtic supporters must look at the David Turnbull business The way it's progressing And think there's a John McGinn Mark II coming up here However we'll see how that one pans out But the most important thing is not Neil Lennon It's not Henrik Larson It is the calibre of player brought in Because Neil Lennon can you're handle ignoring himself the, You're ignoring the elephant in the room here And the impact that Henrik Larson will have on that club When he turns up And the no, pressure that puts on Lennon no, no, he, I think you're ignoring that no, and, no, no. And, and shying away from that no, no, no. problem trying, that I'm that trying creates. to address it I'm trying to address it He presents no threat to Neil Lennon I, I think it poses a huge problem No, why? 
It, Why? it does. You, he's a, the guy is a legend. You do not want his shadow all over you when you're trying to manage that club. But he's not a managerial legend and he's not a coaching legend. He has no coaching or managerial accomplishments on his CV. So the signing of Henrik Larson to the backroom staff would be to what? To appease the Celtic fans who are not happy with Larson to sell some shirts? No, you don't sell Is shirts. Is that a PR stunt? Uh, I truthfully... Don't know why Celtic would want Henrik Larson there. You know, Henrik is, as I say, enshrined in the club's history for all time. What he did in seven years, others couldn't have done in a lifetime. However, he is not what is pivotal at the start of next season on the 3rd of August. Henrik Larson will not determine whether Celtic win or lose the title. Sean, you said you're not going to renew your season ticket. Is that not uh-huh. daft? Considering you have won eight in a row, you will go into the new season as favourites and to win nine in a row. Are you not? Are you not being a wee bit kind of like um, hasty with your decision? Because I know what you mean by Henry, um, by Neil Lennon, and the football that was played towards the end of the season. But he got you over the line. Ewan, you need to vote with your feet if you're not happy. Well, I repeat, Sean. Well, how else does Andy learn the lesson? Well, I repeat, your ticket is now going spare, and there are plenty, thousands. I, mean, I like Neil Lennon as a person, but he's not a manager. He's nothing compared to Brendan. But it's a backward step again. Well, you, Brendan, let's get ten mentality once more. Well, listen. How do you how do you describe Brendan then, who promised you ten in a row, and then at his convenience? Hopped off before a league title had been completed and a Scottish Cup had been completed. Well, he obviously saw something better down south, didn't he? Well, in that case, do you not owe Neil Lennon a, a debt of gratitude for coming in and taking over at that particular time and keeping things ticking no, no, over? No, really, no. He was at a job for whatever reason, and we've just taken them, take them on. So, no, I'm not happy with Did that. you, Sean? Do you think they went with the easy option? Yep. Definitely. Well, you can't get Brendan Rogers or his type uh, at the drop of a hat, and you are also entitled not to pay exorbitant sums of money, even if you could attract a Mourinho or uh, an AVB <laughs> or uh, a Rafa Benitez. Yeah, I mean, it, this is Scotland, and it's simply not feasible. And uh, you know, Sean's another one that, for me, talks and cliches. You know, we do. Uh, when Brendan Rodgers goes, there's, there's no word of complaint, you know, despite the fact that Brendan Rodgers filled the Celtic supporters' heads with talk of 10 in a row, uh, was sometimes prone to putting up the 10 fingers yes, and all the rest yeah. of it. Uh, and then at his earliest convenience, he got out. Do you think he'll ever be forgiven? Uh, if Celtic don't win nine in a row, then no, he'll never be forgiven. So his legacy will be ruined? Um, I think... Supporters in this particular part of the world, as you well know, in this country as a whole, uh, are volatile. And uh, he he left with unfinished business and he imperiled eight in a row and the treble treble and Neil Lennon got it over the line. So I think he'll have a hard, hard job uh, enjoying the same respect that he once had among the Celtic supporters. And if Celtic don't win nine in a row... Uh, he'll be part of the blame Sean thank you so much for your call as you can hear in the background Hugh yes they're That's playing the music. my song they're playing your tune and you know why they're playing their tune they want me to go outside and meet Lady Keevans <laughs> <laughs> 
We were hoping to go into extra time. We were going to put the sofa up against the door to stop Ryan Borthwick from coming in, but the boss have decided, no, we've had enough of you two for the last hour. We're going to kick you both out. Ryan Borthwick is on the way next. And uh, tomorrow on Clyde One Super Scoreboard, Alison will be here with Roger Hanna. A good man. Is he a good man? Terrific man I would love to work with Roger one day But if I had a choice It would always be you Hugh Oh thank you You're too kind uh, Stand by for Ryan Borthwick He's on the way next Have yourselves a brilliant Monday night Whatever you're doing Thanks for your calls And all your tweets Even the negative ones Take care Good night Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com.